The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Look at that, Jalen. It's uh, Monday, uh-huh. and it's uh, 3.30-ish, which uh, means it must be time for another edition of The, the Hoot. Hoot. Uh, joining us today, Rob Roach, Director of Insight Economics and Research at ATB Financial. Hey, hey Rob. Rob. Good afternoon. And what's going on in Calgary these days? Oh, well, things are rolling along nicely. It's summer. Can't complain. <laughs> Very good. You wanted to talk today about uh, Alberta's exposure to trade disputes and tariffs and the impact that it could have on, on, on our province. Yeah, it, and I think um, listeners will agree, if you're a trader like Alberta, um, it's getting a little, a little ugly out mm. there. Uh, we've got talk of tariffs in the U.S. and already the imposition of tariffs. NAFTA, still that big question mark hanging over top of it. And, you know, recently Italy uh, now threatening to pull itself and the rest and the whole um, deal with Europeans uh, could fall uh, if they pull out of that deal. So not a good time. And, and we are a definitely a trading economy. Mm-hmm. About 40% um, of our economy is exports. That's our export to GDP ratio. Much higher than the Canadian average, which is about 32% and higher than most um, other developed countries. Which, but I would assume most of that is oil and gas, right? Well, that is, that is the kicker, of course. Our number one export is definitely oil and natural gas. Um, and so far, the good news is that hasn't been sort of in the crosshairs, um, particularly of President Trump, who's leading a lot of the, uh, <coughs> uh, the tariff talk and uh-huh. uh, this, this sort of protectionism. So far, so good, but of course, there's no guarantee that our number one export will end up, um, it could end up being in those crosshairs. Well, and the other side of that coin, of course, uh, even if it doesn't end up in the crosshairs, and everybody who's listening should knock on wood right now, <laughs> uh, the other side of it, though, is it can cost us in imports, though, uh, cost of materials could go up uh, coming from the United States. So even if oil and gas is not affected going out, it could certainly, uh, products could be affected coming in. Absolutely, and that's a great example. If, if we do look at oil and gas as one of, one of those sectors that will be affected, um, even though we don't sell a lot of steel and aluminum into the U.S. market, we, uh, our, our energy sector uses a lot of steel, all kinds of products, steel pipe, um, rig equipment, and when the price of that goes up because of tariffs in the U.S., and then Canada is going to impose tit-for-tat tariffs on steel, and other countries will do the same, that's going to raise the cost of all those inputs that our oil and gas uh, sector needs, which doesn't help the profit, uh, the profitability and the cost effectiveness, which hurts jobs and wages. So yeah, um, trade wars don't help anybody, but we definitely have some exposure um, as consumers, including our oil and gas sector, which is a big consumer. And I suppose if we want to take that a step farther, any disputes that the United States may have with other countries where we end up being the purchaser of the end product could also affect us. Yeah, it's, it, we've got, you know, the international economy and, and as well the, the Canada-U.S. trading system, it is one big uh, system. And, you know, if you drop a, a stone into the pond, the ripple effects uh, go right, uh, right through the economy. So even though a particular product, you know, like aluminum, we don't produce a lot of aluminum in Alberta, but that can affect us if you're a beer drinker, a soft drink sure. drinker, mm-hmm. you know, aluminum cans, aluminum products are in almost everything. Um, so it, it definitely, you know, we can maybe like to think that we're not affected, but we definitely are. 
Rob, is um, oil and gas included in NAFTA? This is interesting. Uh, oil and gas doesn't get a lot of talk with, with NAFTA, but it's actually a major chapter, Chapter 6 of the, the North American Free Trade Agreement, covers energy and petrochemicals. Hmm. And there's a lot of interesting things in that chapter. And, and so far, with, the, with the, the debate around the negotiations of a, of a new NAFTA, energy hasn't been front of mind. But again, um, it could bubble up at any moment, especially if, if the, pr- the president sort of um, you know, has, a, has a bad night and decides to tweet something at 3 a.m. <laughs> but, you know, at this, I hate to say it. Well, no, I don't hate to say it. I love to say it. This, again, is another reason to have a pipeline to get our <laughs> oil and gas yeah. to uh, Tidewater. We, there's, a, there's a long list of reasons we need that pipeline, and this is a great one. And it wouldn't solve all these issues. I mean, America's still going to be our major purchaser of our oil and gas. But to have that extra card to play to say, you know, we, we can reach Tidewater with a lot, of our, a lot more barrels per day and maybe sell into the Asian market, takes that pressure off that um, in a trade war like this, we have nowhere else to put that oil and it and, and that would really hurt the alberta economy if it did so rob normally at this point uh, we ask why should we give a hoop but i'm going to ask you a different question instead what sure. can we do about it what can we do about it well i think one of the things we, we can do um of course is support uh free traders across the country so even though you know uh, we don't sell a lot of steel keep in mind you know our friends in ontario they're hurting so make sure we support them just in terms of solidarity but also not fall into the trap of thinking, um, you know, maybe some tit-for-tat strategies make sense in the short term. But by Canadian or by Albertan, that can help uh, maybe in some ways. But overall, we're traders. We need an open and free um, global economy. That's where we kind of have to um, put our energy. So maybe not try to, you know, turtling at this point and saying, well, we'll just stick it to the Americans by buying Canadian ketchup. Maybe sounds good, but we need that border open. Uh, both ways. Good stuff. Uh, Rob, really appreciate your time this afternoon. It's uh, an important topic. Always, uh, we can't talk about it enough. Thanks so much for uh, doing this again. You bet. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Jimin. Hey, uh, Jalen Nye. What's that, Andrew Gross? I, this would be a, a long shot if you remembered this. There was a commercial, and I want to say it was for Miracle Whip or something like that, years ago. Like, 30 years ago and in the commercial there was a truck and and a trailer and it pulls up to a a scale right somewhere we don't know where and the guy at the scale asks what his load is and he's oh it's a miracle whip the new miracle whatever it was so the guy opens up the inspector opens up the back doors and opens a a jar of it Uh and tastes it and says how good it is right and it's just a cute little commercial But truckers and those in the trucking industry lost their minds over it. The idea that a a scale inspector would breach a trailer and break a load of foodstuffs, Mm -hmm. they lost their minds over it. Nobody else cared. And this may very well be the case with Phil Mickelson. Oh, jeepers. (laughs) Tapping a ball that was in motion. He double-tapped the ball, and he got, what, a two-stroke two penalty. Whatever. People are losing their minds They're saying he it. should be thrown out of the U.S. Open. They're saying he should be fined and barred from participating moving forward. Not everyone is, of course, but 
some are just losing it over this, and I just thought it was funny. He missed. I mean, it cost him a two-stroke penalty. If that's he the rule, mad. that's the he rule. He was frustrated. Yeah. But the te- the the uh, the tweets and the oh and the you name it. Yeah. I actually tweeted. I thought it was funny, so I tweeted a little tweet Saturday morning or Sunday morning. I can't recall Saturday morning. I think. And uh, but then t- t- Twitterville just. Lit up with people. They're so upset. Do you yeah, even yeah. watch golf? I don't watch golf. I watch golf. Do you? Yeah. I don't. I watch the highlights. I enjoy watching a really good chip shot that goes yeah, in yeah, or yeah. something. I like knowing how Tiger Woods is doing, quite frankly. Um, but I'm not going to sit there all day yeah. watching it. And I don't care that he tapped the ball. I, I, yeah, I would watch the last game, or the last game, the last round. I would, uh, uh, on a tournament, I would watch it on Sundays with my dad, right? Or flip it on and sit back and, yeah. you know, have a Ryan Pepsi and a bowl of pistachios and, <laughs> you know, reminisce. Um, but, yeah, I don't care. But, yeah, for the purists out there, I'm sure that was just, oh, uh, uh, you know. Well, it's, it's such an institution, the U.S. Open, right? And it's acting like a child. Oh, and it was horribly bad. How about Tiger? Remember when Tiger used to throw his clubs all the time, too? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. get over yourself. So how about this, then? This is somewhere between Tasty Miracle Whip and tapping the ball twice. Because... A BC Lion. And some people are losing their minds over this as well. Which I cannot believe when I started reading it this morning. So during the BC oh. Lion game, who were they playing? Uh... Montreal. Montreal. Oh, yeah, it was Montreal. So a guy, sort of a half-streaker, he wasn't fully committed. He was a BC Lions fan based on his jersey. Jumps onto the field. He's wearing no pants, but he's wearing underwear. And he's running around. And it looks from the video like nobody in security is doing anything about it. And, And later, an interview... Uh, illuminated the fact that BC Place says their policy is if it's not an immediate threat to the players or he doesn't have a weapon, they just sort of like a, a child or a dog, they let him wear himself out. <laughs> Run themselves out afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No one's chasing. Come yeah. on. Oh, fine. Right. So he either right. leaves on his own or when he's tired, they go get him. Uh, but BC Lions defensive back Marcel Young, he, he he sort of put his shoulder into the guy and, and uh, brought him down, right? It was a good hit. When I, wa- when I watched the video, well timed. It was. Uh, I was in uh, in the backyard. I just got home from an event on Saturday night. Yeah. Which says you have to see this, and all I was like, "Whoa!" And actually, my neighbors on either side were kind of looking like, "What was that all about?" It was that loud how it came out of my mouth. When really? I saw the hit? When you saw yeah. the hit? Because I know because uh, he just went. He oh, crumbled. he went down fast. But the thing is, if you've if you've never worn football equipment or delivered yeah. a hit or received a hit, you have no idea. You don't even know how hard that ball comes yes. in when the quarterback yeah. throws it to you. It yeah. looks easy. It's not. It's a hard hit, and that equipment's big. So yeah, he drops the guy right, and and players He's okay. On, hey, it'll be fine. Players on both sides uh, of the ball were laughing about it, right? And I think maybe for that reason that uh, you know you don't realize how hard those hits are, but. I know CTV in uh, British Columbia were describing it as a bone-shattering, you know, it wasn't a bone-shattering hit. Well, it, you know, let's be real. It might have been a bone-shattering <laughs> hit for the guy because Maybe. he was in a jersey and, and no pants, and he <laughs> might not have ever taken a hit before, and he had Probably. no pads on, all of that sort of stuff. Like, I wouldn't describe dropped. it as vicious. I would describe it as effective. Uh, it was an effective hit. Yeah. It was a very effective hit. But a number of the sports announcers, too, just saying, uh-uh. Yeah. I'm surprised, honestly. Media doesn't often take a stand. Uh, sports media, particularly, doesn't tend to take a stand against athletes unless the situation is quite extreme. But uh, at least one high 
uh, you know, well-known sports mm-hmm. uh, individual is saying that no, that that that's absolutely no, no. That uh, po- possibly the player should be fined or suspended. Uh, so, you know, what if his hit causes paralysis or something long-term? Well, then you know what? Hey, jerk, don't run don't on the run field. on the field. What are you doing on the field? Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. You you could get hurt being taken down by the security people as well. You could sure. get hurt jumping over the. He did actually yeah, cut himself foot, jumping right? over the, yeah. the barrier. And and you know, think about. And maybe because it's CFL and we're like, oh, you know, it's the Canadian Football League and we're so polite and, you know, that uh, defensive back shouldn't do it. Imagine if somebody jumped onto the ice at a, at an L.A., uh, you know, Kings uh, game. Do you, do you think they'd be like, you know, we, well, maybe actually L.A. is a bad example because they're kind of. But, you know, if somebody jumped onto the ice during an NHL game. Would they be saying, you know what, well, well, gosh, what if the skates had cut him? Like, we should probably put skate guards on her. You know, I'm like, no, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be jumping onto the ice. You shouldn't be jumping onto the field. There it is on television as we speak. I was just it. watching it again. Anyway, the guy in question um, was uh, kicked out and is not allowed back for a year. Yeah, which I find I funny, too. A hundred and some dollars, yeah. a citation for trespassing, a band, as you said, for a year. I'd have banned him for life. Some of you are texting me in this afternoon. Merely use the streaker's momentum exactly. against him. Yeah, That's exactly right. Him. He just put himself in the way of and leaned into it a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Uh, as far as Phil Mickelson, Rob says, I do what Phil did all the time. I don't see anything wrong with it. And then this one, Rick says, can you imagine if every pro did that? It made a mockery of the game. Absolutely should have been disqualified. And then oh, talking says, about the golf. Yes, yeah, so yeah. back to the golf. He was frustrated because the short game was ridiculously difficult. The management apologized publicly on Fox at the end of the round. The pin placements were too difficult, even for the best players. I in heard the world. that. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. No, okay. So you so he got the two things. Maybe he should have been disqualified, but made a mockery of the game. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I really? mean, if you take your golf seriously, I mean, I, I guess, guess. Hey, you know what? I get passionate about stuff that people don't understand, but. Yeah, I know, admittedly, neither of us are... I mean, you said you watch golf. I'm not a huge golf fan. It does seem unusual to do it. But if if it helps you at all, uh, it made the game more interesting for me because I looked into it. He, and He knew that he was going to get oh, in trouble yeah. for doing it. He was mad, whatever. Yeah. And if, if, if everyone did it, they hey, they would get you know a two-shot penalty mm-hmm. or disqualified. Take your pick. Back to the BC Lion. Yeah. If he had chased the guy down and thrown a big helmet-to-head mm-hmm. tackle, then I'd be like, yeah, yeah, buddy, you didn't have to do that. He literally, this texture has it right, he literally just used the guy's momentum against him. He just leaned into it, and the and guy, guy hit him, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, uh, as did the players. Seriously, I walked in the door, and I hadn't even got down the steps to the patio, and Coach says, you have to see this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, because I told my wife the same thing. She was walking down the stairs. Watch I'm like, come this. here, you got to watch this. <laughs> it's a good hit. Fans on the field during play are a serious risk. That's and there's right. A number, there's, there's worry about player safety as well here. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I was telling Morley this. imagine if someone came up and tried to tackle Riley from behind? Exactly. And you didn't see it. And exactly. Next thing you know, I was telling Morley this one day. I was down at the uh, community center there for the, you know, where the Eskimos practice uh-huh. indoors when they practice yeah. indoors. And I had to do, I was doing an interview with... Um, Oh, who's the receiver? Number four. Uh, we traded. He's number 12 for Winnipeg now. Adarius? Adarius Bowman. So I'm going to do an interview with Adarius Bowman. You know it's going to be great because he's so funny, he's right? Adarius. Yeah. And I said to him, do you have any special skill or anything like that? And he's like, yeah, I can uh, juggle a football at the same time as something, a helmet and a shoe or something. I'm like, great. Do you have a football? 
And he goes, no. And he turns, and Mike Riley's on the other side, yeah. walking off. Practice is over. And he goes, Mike, throw me a ball. And Riley just turns around, not trying to be, no. just threw him the ball, right? I'm telling you, the noise it made, and I played football, the noise it made as it came into his gear, and he jumped up, and he's a tall guy, and it was just this whoomp as it hit, right? And you're like, wow, that's how fast and hard the ball's coming in? No wonder he drops it from time to time. So I would imagine this guy was equally surprised to learn just how solid a defensive back is. If you run into it, it's kind of like a brick wall. That's what it feels like. Four o'clock news with Eileen Bell is coming up on the other side. We'll have a look at your business numbers, plus the latest weather forecast, that heat advisory in effect for the next couple of days. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.